May peace be with you. If you stick around at the end, there's more information about our community and how to find us. And now, here's this week's Centering Scripture, followed by the sermon. Our scripture reading today is from Exodus 14, 15. God said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. And from Philippians 4, 13, I can do all things through the one who strengthens me. So, a couple weeks ago, and just so you know, you all folks over here, I'm going to have some multimedia, I meant to mention that at the top. So we're going to have some slides from our recent survey coming up here on the screen. Um, not a lot, but just so you all in this section know, you might need to turn your head for once or twice. So our passage from Exodus, God said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Well... A couple of weeks ago, I shared a sermon with you reflecting on a sassy response from someone filling in for the Apostle Paul. And here we go with another sassy scripture, this time from God, saying, why do you cry to me? Just tell the people, go forward. Jeez. <laughs> the ancient Israelites had left Egypt, the only world that they had ever known. For generations, not doing well, but at least stable, reliable, and sustainable hardships. They knew the challenges they had in front of them, and then whoosh, off into the desert, wandering. They naturally longed for some of that past reliability, <clears throat> challenges and all, but God said, go forward. And today, I have a sermon that reflects a way forward for our community, discerned by a small group formed from our session leadership team. Let me be clear, this is not dealing with any specifics of our pastor search or transition. This was a survey that we did well before we were going to be in this time and space. And by the grace of God, we have this information as we discern a way forward. So, Phyllis Messenger, our clerk of session, Sil Smith, returning elder and longtime St. Luker, and I sat down, and after about an hour, we realized we should probably meet again. <laughs> and so after that big snowfall that we had a few weeks ago, over coffee and eventually lunch, we reflected on the contents of our congregational survey. And we were there for maybe three hours? Or more? Yeah. It turned into lunch. <laughs> um, but, but we decided we were done at that point um, after we had a plan that we all felt inspired to share. Some of what we discerned has influenced other public statements that I've made so far in the last month. It's helped give focus for what I mentioned at our annual meeting as we were looking ahead. It's helped solidify some inspirations for upcoming worship themes and offerings in the coming months, and ultimately was a reminder for me, and please shout at me if I'm incorrect, ladies, 
A reminder for all of us that St. Luke is a special place and that we are grateful for the life and ministry that we get to share together here. Also, that the opportunities in front of us today are different from those of our past and that we may need to consider adjusting some expectations. So I'm about to dive into the nitty-gritty of our vital church assessment, and I plan to speak in reference to the report only as a jumping-off point. I've only got a couple of slides here, so you're not going to get to watch videos or anything. Because this is not a TED Talk or a higher education seminar analyzing trends and details. This is a sermon. And we are together at St. Luke Presbyterian Church. Our members and visitors are of every age group. Just push forward. Well-oiled machine. There it goes. Oh, too far. Too far. Go back. Go back. There we go. We're good. Uh, so that's, that's, that's a look at the age of our congregation. And in fact, it is evenly split. I know, you're looking at the same data that I am. But of those who responded to that survey, 75% of respondents were over 65. Yet, our member roles, 50% are under 65. So in this survey, an older uh, generation is more, what's it say there? It's, uh, survey report is under, uh, overreported. Over Thank you. Thank you. Get by with a little help. We see that our younger generations, you know, they're, we, we look at uh, children's time today. I love having um, adults with us, our youth who are here, some of our senior youth here, and we have no children here this morning, right? And yet, I remember Come Together Sunday in the fall, bursting with children. Trunk or Treat last fall. Our service projects, our intergenerational musicals, both past and future. Christmas, Easter, Youth Sunday in May. Yes, our week-to-week -week rhythms are tougher for younger families to plug into regularly. Yet, at the gift-making workshop back in December, intergenerational community on full display and is one of the rare places where elementary school children and teenagers and young adults and older adults, both working class and retiree, regularly come together for communal time together. I've witnessed firsthand the life-giving impact of the Our Whole Lives human sexuality curriculum across all age groups. We come here and uniquely here to tell the stories of our lives in prayer, sermon, song, Crafts. Look to our garden court for a handmade art piece after the service, hanging up on the wall, woven by each member of our community present that one Sunday morning back in 2018. 
Here, we listen to the stories of others, the stories of God. Connect. Be together as the beloved kingdom, where we are enough. Where all we have is enough. Where we do not lack. But we who are committed to the weekly rhythms that come with regular worship practice must see that the only way that someone who doesn't know about this place, these Sundays that we share together, these special mornings, the only way they will ever experience it is with an invitation. To that point, I want to share a slide that really started a lot of dialogue for our group. And I found us coming back to This is a word cloud showing the response to the question, why do you keep being involved at St. Luke? Why do we keep being involved at St. Luke? Community. Far and beyond. Social justice. People. Friends. How did many of us first come to visit St. Luke? Go back. Friend. Invited by someone. And I want to I note that, there, that Judy is up there too, right in between the N. Yeah, Judy is right there in the, in the N. In the under part of the N, you can see it says Judy. And, you know, I know we have several members named Judy. And each who offer unique blessings and gifts for our community. So if you're named Judy and you're wondering if that's about you, yes. That's you. Keep up the good work. And even that is reflective of the major word there. For Judy, a member of the community, a dear friend, one aspect that keeps people coming back. So we recognized there are challenges presented in this report. We recognize there are challenges presented by simply being a church in 2023 America. What our team focused on was not so much the challenges, but the strengths. What do we do uniquely well? Where do we find a life-giving path for St. Luke that continues the bold legacy of -of out-of-the-box care and compassion, compassionate advocacy, that has inspired so many of you sitting here today? We have the data. We know that those who make up the community here at St. Luke members and friends and visitors alike are predominantly involved in civic leadership or justice advocacy in some way. There's a variety of them, and there was so many listed in that report. It was staggering to see them all together. Many of us here are educated either in formal schooling or matters of faith, have comfortable living standards, and live in the general surrounding area. Yes, 
Many of our neighbors' demographics reflect our own in this space. So as we dreamed up what a future where St. Luke lived out our faith commitments to justice, peace, and love, tethered to the present moment and the needs of 2023 America, we framed our discussion with this document highlighting the strengths and needs of our community in mind. So, and that's, that's the end of my slide, so you don't need to be a keyboard. <laughs> One reality that we discussed is how national church attendance and affiliation are trending down. Now, I'm pleased to say that ours has been steadily on the rise since the pandemic first hit. And by counting online attendance with in-person, you are counted. We are generally back to where we were pre-pandemic, on average. Right? That's cool. Not a lot of places can say that. Because we've flexed and adapted to the time, offering a remote option. And while I note that, it's also worth mentioning that in the past couple of years, Session has discussed metrics for success, for what the three to five year future looks like and what it looks like ahead of us. So one of those metrics, in fact, was not attendance. As we discussed what the metrics of success look like, I was like, please don't say attendance. That's not like very... And no one said attendance. It was really cool. In fact, the main metric was the impact on our community. Are people's lives better because of their time at St. Luke? Are those who gather here feeling inspired, challenged to do better in their own sphere? Are they comforted in times of trial and loss? Essentially, have we cared for each other well? This is not to say that we will stop caring about doing anti-racist work or stop investing in our relationships with the Division of Indian Work, the ICA Food Shelf, Beacon Housing, or tending to restore our patch of wilderness here at the northern part of our watershed, to name a few of our continued commitments. Because that work is how we serve our communal needs. It's been over five years that I have gotten to know this community and many of you in this room, and there is a need for service, for justice, for care, that comes out in all these varieties of ways. Those of us, we either need here, we need to either give back to those in need or find comfort as we navigate those trials that upset our lives. And here at St. Luke, we recognize that each person, each Judy, has different needs and wants that give them life. And if we are to love ourselves, love God, love our neighbors, we must care for all of those needs. Judy Gregg, and I got consent before calling any of these people out, but Judy Gregg, if I can call her out, she has a deep need to care for climate change. 
Judy Schlichting has a deep need to comfort the sick and infirm. And of course, our beloved Judy Schuck, whose passion for accessibility, supported while watching from that great cloud of witness, the accessibility renovations of our kitchen and columbarium pathway. All necessary and different. If we as a community put all of our time and effort into helping the sick and infirm, we'd neglect our planet and, quite frankly, neglect our diverse needs. If I've learned one thing from Brennan's time here, it's that getting us all to focus on one thing is not going to happen. <laughs> and that's okay. That's okay. Our survey showed 30-some-odd different outside groups that use our space. Over 30. Each one with a personal connection to a member or friend of the congregation. And this is our strength, to create space for each other. Yeah. Sacred space. Space where the life-giving spirit of God is welcome to come and linger, to inspire and comfort. And if we're being honest with ourselves, as I encourage we do, the results of our surrounding area indicate the church is not where folks are going to save the world anymore. If we try only to stop climate change, we cannot possibly do as good a job as Great River Greening, for instance one of the several local conservation and climate change response nonprofits that have developed in the past decades. Great River Greening employs 18 people whose sole job is focused on preserving the wildlife of Minnesota and protecting our natural resources from the effects of climate change. It doesn't mean that we stop caring about it and stop taking collections as the spirit moves through us I'm proud to announce we collected over $3,000 for another natural conservation nonprofit, the Minnesota Land Trust, in our former senior Mr. Brennan Blue's name. $3,000. Yeah, we can, that's good. That's kudos. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention that again in announcements, too. So please hear me. Hear me. This, I am not diminishing the eco-justice work we do here, or any of the ministries that we do here, when I say that battling climate change or any of those individual ministries is not our primary concern as an institution, I see that more as collateral development. Yes, for our church in the coming years, we discerned a path focusing on the people of our beloved community, providing encouragement and opportunities to connect with others, offer on-ramps to grow our circles of trust, build on the legendary foundation of care that took St. Luke out of Fran Bell's living room and into the 21st century. 
May we highlight the experience, wisdom, and resources of our members and friends for a world that needs love, that needs hope, that needs joy, dare we say, that needs to know there are people who still care. There are people here who have worked and will continue to work their whole lives long towards the cause of justice. And those of you who have spent decades working with nonprofits and doing your own work deserve to be thanked and offered platforms to inspire others. And those of you who have not, well, you're welcome and beloved and deserve a platform to speak on the passions as you see from your life as well. Receive the kind of support that has led to our involvement in all the diverse ministries that we have started and launched. They started with a passion that was shared communally. And there are so many passions out there for our young people, and if this can be a space where they are heard and supported, that is a unique offering to give. The survey said that there are a lot of doctorates and master's degrees in this sanctuary today. And yet, in this sanctuary, regardless of titles and experience, and education, we are all beloved children of God. It is not that we can do anything if we are together. No, we are together to do everything. None of us go alone. The community is here because of God and the ministry of Jesus the Christ, and through God, all things are possible for our community, for our world, for our own personal spirit. So for the year and years ahead, we, the called leaders of this community, welcome additional feedback at all the stages along the way. We invite prayer for the future of our church to be focused on communal support and care for each other. That we seek to expand our circles of care into the wider world, into those circles that we already find ourselves dancing in. That we seek to expand and meet the needs of those around us in this space and out there as well. Maybe by sharing this space, maybe by simply using the practiced skill of listening and being with someone, a skill that is going out of style. And that, being inspired by the legacies of our past, that St. Luke be more widely known as a place to bring your passion, to bring your full and authentic self and receive care, respect, a healthy dose of challenge, 
And above all, may St. Luke be known for our love of neighbor and God and self. Inspiring and comforting for all of creation. Amen. As a church located on Lakota land in Minnetonka, Minnesota, St. Luke is a joyful, inclusive, intergenerational, and compassionate community on a spiritual journey seeking to do justice, make peace, and to walk humbly with God. We invite you to join us live for virtual worship each Sunday morning on Facebook or YouTube, or by following the worship links on our website, stluke.mn. Thanks for listening. May you go in peace.